Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce Odinison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. Part two is coming up. Stay tuned. And I feel like I maybe need some information, some more control, or a little more certainty or clarity about this. Start with the words that we just gave you, right? Mm -hmm. What those triggers are. And I'm not really sure what to do about it. I just know I need to talk to you about it because I feel like this is something in between us and and I don't want this. You know, these words are not easy to find. But being honest and saying, I don't know what I'm feeling is also, it's bridge building. It says to the other person, I want to communicate. I just don't know what or how. But starting is the hardest part. And once you get there, try to turn your brain down and let your heart speak a little more. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, I remember I remember working with a group and I used the word vulnerable and she's like, there is no place for vulnerability in the workplace. I'm like, are they humans at work? (laughs) You You can't not be vulnerable at work and expect things to go well. I know we all have, you know, and I, I always talk about that. We have belly buttons. Every one of us have a belly button. If you have a belly button, you have a vulnerability. Yep. So stop pretending that you don't. <laughs> That's the best analogy I've ever heard. That's brilliant. I love it's, it. Once you accept that you have a belly button, that you have a vulnerability, then let's just talk about the others and be okay with it. And let's learn to accept each other because the, the things that we we sometimes hype on is how different someone is. And yes. we, we have to be different. We, we're living in the universe of diversity. Could you imagine if everyone talked like us, walked like us, behaved like us, what would happen on the planet? We would all be different, right? We have all these flowers we have. When we look at, you know, our pets, all our pets, we may have two different breeds of dogs. Yeah. Why? Well, why shouldn't humans have diversity? And so we have to recognize that not all of us are going to see things the same way and be willing to listen. And also for those who are on the receiving end, for instance, if you notice that something you do bugs the other person or is a trigger for them, and and I mean, people don't use the word trigger. They say it bugs the other person, right? So if it bugs the other person, maybe it's a trigger. And then you have to ask yourself, I might be triggering something for that person. Let me be sensitive because I also have a belly button and I would like the same thing to happen to me. I would like someone to have compassion for me. And we talk about empathy and compassion and self-compassion. Those are all part of being able to communicate effectively and responsibly in the workplace because we spend most of our waking hours with other adults working whether we're working virtually or in the workplace we have to learn to communicate our feelings and our concerns and we need to be able to ask 
or more certainty, more clarification. We need to be communicating our concerns so that others can help us and we can work together because you can't have teamwork without that. Absolutely. And, you know, again, when people are going like, why do I need to put this effort in? Why should I care? What? And I hear this all the time. I don't care what anybody thinks about what I'm doing or saying. Mm. That's great if that is actually true. However, in the workplace or a family, your health is impacted whether you like it or not. When things are not going well, if you put on a white jumpsuit, let's just all visualize the Elvis white jumpsuit for a minute. Mm-hmm. Just imagine you're wearing that and you're going for a little stroll in a coal plant. You're walking down the center. You're not touching anything, right? You can't see, smell, taste, feel, hear that there's coal dust covering you. But when you get out into the sunlight, you're not white anymore. But you don't have an awareness of the contamination. Yeah. You don't have an awareness of how the relationships that you have with people that you spend time with every day, you may not have an awareness of the slow drain on your emotional battery or the tiny little drop of poison that's going into the IV in your arm from that poor relationship, how that's affecting you. But it does. You can say it all you want. I... I've had people say, you know, it doesn't bother, I don't care what anybody thinks. Well, you know what? That is usually a coat of armor that people put on to protect themselves from yeah. constant triggering. Absolutely. That's self-defense. And Janice says here, I often thought I was too emotional and passionate. And I said, no, you're human. That's what we're supposed to be. Right. And, And a lot of people believe in order for me to be successful at work and in my career, I have to be stoic and I have to, uh, you know, subdue my passion and I have to not be emotional, but we emotions are given to us as a gift. It is our way to connect. It is our way to be able to relate with others. And it was intended for us to have good relationships at work. When when you start to notice our stress level going up is around the same time where we start seeing words like hurry sickness coming up because we're too busy to connect. Humans yes. are supposed to connect. When you think back where we started, if you go back to previous societies where everyone was working together communally, right? We worked yes. on the farm. We worked together. We collected what we need, firewood for for, the, for supper. We hunted together to get the meat for dinner. We prepared. The women worked together. It was humans are intended to be in network of relationships. And when we are in the workplace, and we disassociate and we alienate ourselves from our colleagues because we don't like them or we're not happy with them or they make us feel away and we're not putting the efforts to clarify what that is and to resolve it, we are putting ourselves in a what we call in the wellness assessment, a wellness deficit. Yes, we are. We are on. We're going on that deficit. It's just like you have that bank account and you keep withdrawing from it. Right. We yes. have that that wellness that we're supposed to be adding to. And part of that social wellness and social interaction 
comes from the workplace. That's where we are. We're in a network of relationships and it's intended for us to develop those relationships and have good harmonious relationships because people in good relationships have a longer health, have better health and longevity than those who are not. And we have a, a comment here from uh, Adasse says, uh, not hate, dislike, lots of burden to carry, to be mindful. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing about that, um, Joyce, that I want to say is that when we look at other people and we decide that we don't like them, it's, it's often, you know, they say that the people that you love are a reflection of what's inside you. But so are the people that you hate or yes. don't like. So, for example, one of the exercises I often do with my coaching clients is I'll say, I want you to think of somebody that you absolutely love, 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 and list three of the qualities that they have that you absolutely love. And when they're done, I ask them if they recognize that those three qualities that they listed in the person they love are actually three qualities that they also possess. Absolutely. So we seek people who are like-minded. The things we dislike about other people are also things we dislike about ourselves or don't ever want to be. Like it's really hard for me to be around people who are perpetual victims, who see no hope for moving forward. Even when you show it to them in black and white, you could do this. They're, they just want to stay in their victim stance. That's very hard for me because I've worked my entire life as a victim of multiple abusers. It's It's been really hard for me to make sure that I do not ever get into that. Poor me. I can't do anything to help myself. I have no choice. You'll never hear me utter those words. I have no choice. I always have a choice. But I work at that. So I get triggered by people who are perpetual victims. It's really hard for me to spend time with them. Mm, interesting. Right? Because now, that's a trigger, my, right? Yes. Now, if they're my clients, that's a different story. I work with them and I love them because I can rec they recognize they need help. That's different. Mm -hmm. So when we think about why we want to do this, why we want to look at people and again, remember this is this getting along with people is really about our own health and well-being. It's really not about them. It's about our own health and well-being. And my challenge to myself when I get triggered by somebody is I say to myself, somebody loves them. Absolutely. I wonder why. Absolutely. I'm going to find out. I don't really like this person. like that, And that's very rare for me to say that. But I have said that over the years, right? I, there have been people that just rub me the wrong way. But if I have to work with them, I challenge myself to find out what it is that whoever is in their life that loves them, loves them for. What can I, and I have found people that are, I can totally respect their intelligence or their ability to problem solve or their ability to think on their feet and really not want to hang out with them. But I can respect them for that because I found it. I found the thing that maybe somebody loves about them. And I can work with that. 
I can treat them with respect and kindness at work. I'm not going to hang out with them. They're not going to be my buddy. Exactly. But the work relationship is, as you use the word, harmonious. Because I challenge myself to find something in them that somebody else must love about them. So there's got to be something. Their mom loves them. <laughs> and beyond that, the fact that they're here and they are professionals and they are in the workplace, whether I approve of their behavior or they're triggering me is irrelevant to my responsibility to communicate with them respectfully. That yes. is, and that is, comes back to your own personal integrity, which is the competency we worked on in January is going back to your own personal integrity, because that has a huge foundation in how we communicate our own emotional regulation. All of these pieces come back to what's on the line, who are my as a person and what am I going to stay true to because that's how we self-correct. Right. Right. And it's funny right. because Janice just say here too often supervisors don't care. And, and that could be meaning to a number of things. Janice are, is it that they don't care that employees get along or they don't care how you feel. And either of those are possible, but we could speak to one or both of those scenarios. We have five minutes to wrap up. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, and, and I'm going to say this with so much love and respect, Janice. Do you know, is my supervisor doesn't care a judgment? Or is that a, a, a triggering experience for you because you've had that experience in the past? So often, remember that people who are, and Joyce, you've seen this, people so often get promoted to management or supervisory positions because they're really good at the job. They have no people skills or no coaching or no uh, support to manage people. And now there they are holding the bag. They've been told, you know, you're responsible. And they're so freaked out. Like if I had a nickel for all the managers I've worked with who are like, I don't know how to communicate with these people. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. You know, I worked with a large um, North American based company in Texas. And, you know, I was working with the, with the shop floor staff and I, it was a manufacturing facility. And I, I came back and I spoke to the executive leadership team and I said, this cell, these two cells are so well run. They love their supervisor. They work together. There's so much respect and communication. And this cell is completely the opposite. Now, I don't know if one group of supervisors and team leaders had coaching and this, this team didn't, but this, they need some coaching. The leadership needs some coaching. And you know what they came back with? Yeah, we haven't gotten to that group yet. They haven't been sent for their coaching yet. Well, you could really tell. So sometimes when people appear to not care, there are so many things below surface that we know nothing about. Absolutely. Right? And that might even just be a defense mechanism. I, I'm a manager. I'm a supervisor. I cannot show... If I had a nickel for every time I heard this, I can't, I can't show my heart. That's mm. weakness. 
or I can't show my weakness or I can't appear to not know. And even sometimes when we're doing coaching as we, we, uh, we train, so we have a relational leadership program. And part of that is teaching leaders how to relate to the employees, but also how to relate among themselves and facilitate good relationships in their teams. And the thing for them is that ego right? Yes. I, I cannot appear to not know Joyce. What do you mean? I don't give them the answer. What do you mean? I ask them questions and help them to flash out their own knowledge and their own wisdom. Um, I'm supposed to have the answer and that's where the challenge is. So it's yeah. one thing for us to blame them, but it's also many times they're not given the support or the skills or the training tools to work with. Cause Janice just came back and she said, they're asked to leave our problems at home. Well, home is everywhere oh. now. There is that that is an old word. If anyone is still using that, they need to come back to the real world because home is work and work is home. <laughs> we oh. all learned that through COVID-19. Yeah. Life What's and happening work. when your seven-year-old comes to work with you? What happens exactly. to your dog when your dog gets sick comes to work with you? Exactly. And a leader that does not understand that needs a little bit of um, coaching. Help. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Help. Yes. That's called relational skills. It's called life skills. That's just pretty much this is the way. But oftentimes they are so overwhelmed. They themselves are burnt out. They don't have the coping skills and they're not equipped to help and facilitate good relations among them. So I would really uh, look at providing support for my supervisor if they are in that way and one of the things we teach our employees to do is to coach up how yes. to coach up so you're able to facilitate healthier conversations so you can have more control you can get more clarity you can get more certainty and everyone can feel better in the workplace because when you're not able to do that uh you're both stuck absolutely and you get out stuck yes yeah and i'm going to leave you with one last piece of advice when you are dealing with someone who is upset um whether that's a family member your supervisor a co-worker whoever it is if you say you know what you should do you're going to be in trouble if you say you know what i would do you're going to be in trouble if you say you know what you should have done you are in trouble. But if you use this one simple question, you will not be in trouble. If you are in trouble, contact me and I'll help and try and facilitate a conversation or Joyce will. Simple question. Somebody's upset. You can actually ask this in one of two ways. What do you need from me right now? Or how can I help you? Absolutely. Totally settles that person's nervous system down mm -hmm. and you will make some headway. But if you start with you should, I would have, you should have, you're in trouble. Yes. That's a wall. You want to build a bridge? How can I help you? What do you need from me? Absolutely. Because we want to get, we want to keep people in that soothing part of the emotions and you don't want to trigger them because if they, I get further triggered by blaming, accusing, or feel yeah. judged in any way. It just exacerbates the situation. Sylvia, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for your comment. Those of you who joined us on LinkedIn, um, we're also live on YouTube and Facebook. 
thank you for joining us and thank you for your comments and thoughts and you will be seeing this hi carrie uh, carrie said this uh thanks for this conversation so important appreciated insider encourage and prerequisite for communication absolutely the sharing of the universal trigger model excellent thank you so much and um we will definitely have you back it was a wonderful conversation thank you all for being here you've been listening to what's happening at work this is joyce edison your host and i want to thank you for being with us thank our guest and our sponsors interpersonal wellness services inc the global workplace wellness summit and of course the wellness competency mindset movement and if you want to hear from us learn more or get more episodes join us at interpersonalwellness.com where we help you to work live and play well bye now and we'll see you for another episode